Hey there, thanks for joining us here at Compass Church, where we are making God accessible to everyone. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, head over to our website, compassbn.com. We hope this inspires you and gives you practical ways to live out your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome to part three of the Parenting Paradox. Today and next week, I'm going to be talking about a thing that probably a lot of you guys have been waiting for. I would have been waiting for it, and that's this. How do I make my kids obey? Great question. I'm so glad you asked it. Here we go. So every year at Christmas, Terry and I are invited to go to this really big corporate Christmas party. They spare no expense to make this thing huge and awesome for their team. They have it in a local ballroom at a hotel downtown, and it's decorated. It's super fancy. The food is incredible. There are these games and prizes. I mean, it is awesome. But every year, Terry and I get into the same argument. See, dinner is served at a certain time during the event. It's about an hour in. So you got to wait for it. But the desserts are already preset on the table when you get there. So here I am every year sitting there starving and looking at a bunch of delicious desserts that are covering the table. So I do what anyone would do. I ask my wife if I can eat dessert before dinner is served. So I know many of you, maybe you thought I was going to say I eat dessert first. And that would be true the first time we went. And Terry was so mad when I ate dessert first. To her, there is a proper order to things. Dessert comes after dinner. It's just understood. You don't eat dessert first. It breaks the rules. So every year when we go to this thing, we have the same debate. Why can't I eat dessert before I eat dinner? I'm literally putting the same food into my mouth. All I'm messing with is the order in which I do it. And even if there's some sort of socially acceptable etiquette, it still doesn't make sense to me. I don't see any logical reason to wait on dessert, except for the fact that my wife doesn't want me to. And I know that in the long run, it just isn't worth the price I'm going to have to pay to eat dessert first. Probably started an argument in your home today. I apologize for that. But the reason it, it happens is that there's lots of rules and laws out there that don't make sense. There are actually laws on the books right now that make no sense. For example, in Arkansas, you can't keep an alligator in your bathtub. I guess that one's a little smart, but still weird. Uh, in California, still on the books, you can't pile more than six feet of horse manure on a street corner. So why is six feet okay? but six feet, one inch okay. Actually, why is any feet of horse manure on the street corner okay? In Kentucky, you are not allowed to carry an ice cream cone in your pocket. Which my question is, who's carrying an ice cream cone in their pocket so much that it became such a nuisance that a law had to be passed to prevent it? Another one, just like in the movie Footloose, dancing is illegal in the town of Purdy, Missouri. This one went all the way to the Supreme Court when local teenagers sued the city so they could have a prom. And get this, the court sided with the city. No dancing. I guess the Supreme Court does matter. In South Carolina, you have to be over 18 to play pinball. Why? And then finally, in South Dakota, you're not allowed to try to get a pacifist to go back on his beliefs by threatening to arm wrestle him. There's got to be a great story behind that one, but I don't know it. Why is that a law? 
What my dessert dilemma and all of these ridiculous laws have in common is that they are dumb and they don't make sense. There's no good reason behind them. At least it doesn't make sense to me. And dumb laws are hard to follow. Rules and laws should have moral force behind them. Otherwise, they're just arbitrary. And this is an important thing to talk about when it comes to raising our kids. Because parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, anyone responsible for helping to raise a child, get ready for this, okay? Some of your rules are dumb. Let me elaborate with the Bible. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Now, as a parent, I love this verse. All parents should love this verse, right? This is our bread and butter because we want our kids to be obedient. And they should be. Obedience is good and it's important. And, and we love that the New Testament affirms that our kids should obey us. But it doesn't stop there. In verse 21, it says, Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Now, I think this is really interesting because as quickly as the Apostle Paul who wrote this, as quickly as he tells kids that they should obey, he pivots to their parents, telling them that they have a responsibility in this too. And a parent's responsibility is to not unnecessarily aggravate and discourage their kids. Check this out. We want kids who are equipped to choose the right things on their own. Blind obedience to arbitrary rules will not equip them to do that. Okay, let me say that again. Blind obedience to arbitrary rules will not equip our kids to choose the right thing on their own, especially when those rules don't make any sense to them. Any parent ever have your kids ask you why they should do something and your response was, because I said so? Yeah, you probably said that, right? Here's the thing, it doesn't work. It's not a good reason to obey. And it does, it does literally nothing to teach our kids how to evaluate and choose the right things when we aren't around. Because I said so is aggravating to our kids and it doesn't work. But there is a way to connect these two things that the Apostle Paul's talking about. Children who obey and parents who don't aggravate uh, their kids when it comes to the expectation of blind obedience. These things can come together. And, and there's this tool that Terry and I have used with our kids since they were little that does that. And we call it the moral reason. Okay, The moral reason is an explanation of why obeying is the morally right thing to do. It's the why behind the what, which is important because if we're going to raise obedient kids who aren't discouraged or crushed under our demands, we need to understand this fact. Why they obey is just as important as what they obey. When we ask our kids to do something, the moral reason is the answer to the question, why am I asking my child to do this? So. Let me, let me talk about how it actually played out for us. Got some examples here. So when our kids were really little, they went through a screaming phase. The worst, when they didn't get what they wanted, scream. When they were mad or upset, scream. You may know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that piercing, obnoxious, high-pitched toddler scream. And if you do know what I'm talking about, you know that our intuitive response is to scream back, stop screaming! 
So this was a problem with our kids. And instead of just getting into screaming battles over and over with them, uh, we decided that we needed to do something a little different. So we decided that we would always accompany what we wanted them to do to stop screaming, that we would always accompany that with a moral reason. And so the next time it happened, we were driving in the car and one of them started screaming and crying. I won't tell you who, because I love them. But we pulled over and this is what we did. Terry and I grabbed our ears. I mean, ah, please stop screaming. You're hurting my ears. And it worked. And the reason it worked is because hurting people is morally wrong. And even toddlers can understand that moral principle. I shouldn't hurt other people's ears. As our kids got older, there were other things that came up. Things like running in church. Don't run in church. I swear. Oh my gosh. I've heard that my whole life. And I always hated it because it made no sense to me, right? They let kids run during kids' church. But then as soon as kids' church is over, I can't run. Why? What's the difference? But as our kids got older, the moral reason made things clearer even to me. Because now, don't run in church isn't some sort of mystical, spiritual rule that if we break it, it makes God mad. But now, we would tell our kids, listen, we don't run in church because there are some people who are older and more fragile who could really get hurt if we bumped into them. The really old and frail people like Tracy Rosenberger. The moral reason has made it so that the church isn't just some place we arbitrarily don't run anymore, but it's made it a place now instead where we are looking out for the good of others. And that's why we don't run. We don't want to hurt somebody. The moral reason, it clarifies to our children why our rules actually really matter in a way that makes sense. And it also, it clarifies our motives as parents because it exposes why we are asking for what we are asking for. Because like I said, sometimes our rules are dumb. Check this out. When our son Calvin was in middle school, we were getting ready to go to church one Sunday and he was running late. And just as background, just so you know, nobody gets bedhead like Calvin. His hair gets so wild and stands up so high and so tall that, I mean, it's a thing to behold. And since he was running late and his hair was insane, he just put on a baseball cap and came downstairs to go. Now, Terry is a rule follower. She always has been. And she grew up in church where you don't wear hats. And she said, Calvin, take that off. You can't wear a hat to church. And Calvin said, why not? And we looked at each other for a second because we didn't really have a good answer. In fact, the only really good answer was that because you just don't. We couldn't come up with a sufficient moral reason to not let him wear a hat to church. So he wore a hat to church. The moral reason has a way of clarifying to us as parents when we might be asking for things that aren't necessarily for our kids good, but just out of our own preference or tradition. Now at the heart of all this, we are really just trying to do what Jesus did for us. See, Jesus was raised in a Jewish religious culture that followed the law of Moses, which is what we know as the Old Testament primarily. And according to their own Jewish rabbis, the Jewish law contained 613 distinct rules that all good Jewish people were supposed to know and follow. And the religious leaders, they piled on to people with those rules. Jesus described the rules and how they were applied like this in Matthew 23, verse 4. He said, they crush people with their unbearable religious demands and they never lift a finger to ease the burden. Crushed with unbearable demands. Clearly, 
Jesus wasn't a fan of burdensome rules being piled onto people as a model for knowing God or having a relationship with him. And that's why Jesus created for us the template for the moral reason in Matthew 22. And he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love the neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. And here's the biggest part. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Jesus took all 613 of those burdensome Jewish laws that the people had to carry around. And he ran them through the filter of what was God's real heart for people, that they love him and they love each other. And then Jesus gave the moral reason for the entirety of Jewish scripture. And he said that everything those laws were trying to accomplish could be done not by obeying all of them, but by simply loving God and loving others. And in doing that, he gave his followers a moral center with which to make the right decisions. And he filtered out a bunch of non-essential, unimportant, and arbitrary rules that the Jewish people had been living by and carrying around for centuries. Jesus changed the game for all of us by embracing the moral reason behind everything he did and everything that he asks us to do. And in doing so, he set an example for us in how we raise our kids. Will we crush our kids with unbearable demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden? Or will we ensure that everything we ask them to do, that it has a moral reason behind it? Remember, rules that don't make sense, don't make sense. So let's raise our kids to see the world through the lenses of Jesus with his priorities at the center. Let's teach them that blind obedience isn't the goal, but loving relationships with God and other people are. And let's equip our kids to make the choices that they're gonna need to make on their own by providing them with meaningful and purposeful and moral reasons for everything that we are asking them to do. Parents, grandparents, family members of kids, ask this question. What is the moral reason for this rule? Is it for their good or is it for my comfort? Does it serve to equip them to live a better life or is it just a custom or preference that I like? Does it help them love God and love others? And then answer that question as a guide to help you know what you are asking and what you are expecting from your children so that they can experience the best life they possibly can. We want kids to be able to make decisions, to choose the right thing. And if we set them up to understand the moral heart of every decision they're going to make and to be able to understand and decipher what the moral reason for every decision they make is, then we will raise children who will make us proud and will make God proud. Next week, we are gonna keep talking about obedience and talk about the importance of obedience. And so make sure you join us then. And uh, man, I'm praying for you this week, praying for you and your kids, that God does an amazing thing in our families and in our church. Thanks again for joining us today. If you wanna learn more about us as a church, get connected, need prayer, or anything else at all, head over to our website, compassbn.com.